Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve Podcast, where the sexaholic or sex addict can find experience, strength, and hope from those that have traveled this road ahead of us. This episode is produced in the spirit of the 12th step to carry the message to other sexaholics. Every effort has been made to remove full names of the speakers in these recordings. This is done in order to follow the 11th tradition regarding anonymity at the level of press, radio, television, and film. This podcast is self-supporting through contributions. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and would like to support The Daily Reprieve, please do so by going to GoFundMe.com, search for The Daily Reprieve, and click on Donate Now. Without further ado, please enjoy today's Daily Reprieve. Hello, everyone. This is Kathy. I am in Kentucky, and I am a sexaholic. My sobriety date is June 5th, 05. I'm very grateful for that, and I claim progressive victory over lust, uh, progress, not perfection. So today I've been asked to speak on uh, practicing a positive sobriety, and um, I'm really excited to share this with you all. And what I've discovered in doing a lot of reading and and um, looking into presenting this, that there's a lot more than than we can fit in this time. So I encourage you to do your own uh, research on this. Um, <clears throat> I will take. I've read some um, conference approved literature. I've also read some articles online by a therapist or treatment center, and I also spoke to some people that I know in recovery to get an idea of their perspective on positive sobriety. So um, first I'd like to talk about the dictionary definition of sobriety, which I'm going to read out of Merriam-Webster's Collegiate Dictionary, the uh, uh, 11th edition, for those nerds among us who want to know that. Um, Being sober is uh, being sparing in the use of food and drink, uh, not addicted to intoxicating drink, not drunk, also marked by sedate or gravely or earnestly thoughtful character or demeanor, unhurried, calm, marked by temperance, moderation, or seriousness, uh, subdued in tone or color, showing no excessive or extreme qualities of fancy emotion or prejudice. And I would say to that, what an order. And it sure makes positive sobriety seem like an oxymoron. Abstinence and addiction require serious effort. I would also like to direct us to the first promise in AA, in Alcoholics Anonymous, we came to know a new freedom and a new happiness, and that speaks of better things to come. Um, So I would say that positive sobriety in recovery from addiction is a combination of serious effort and a pursuit of happiness. We're learning new behaviors and putting these behaviors into practice. Um, uh, We're not a glum lie, um, and it is important for us to change people, places, thoughts, and things that were a part of the actively addictive life. And um, we often uh, deceive ourselves about what will make us happy, The idea that the next thing that we consume will give us a sense of sustained well-being is something that is prevalent in our culture and very much cultivated by the media and culture. And uh, 
I mean, it doesn't take much to look around and see the happy faces in commercials and billboards and magazines and, and all around us. That's the, the message we're getting. And for those of us in the United States of America, you know, our beginnings, um, our hallowed document gives us the freedom for the pursuit of happiness. And I, that is a wonderful freedom. And like many things, we can use it for good or for ill. Um, but this idea that consumption, the next, the next connection, the next thing that will save us or make us happy, this illusion keeps, keeps us in a chronic state of frustration and deprivation. And it offers empty promises. So any gains in feelings of happiness that come from consumption, uh, they quickly fade away. And there's a lot of um, information on hedonistic paradox, the hedonistic treadmill. In other words, the harder that we try to feel pleasure or to feel happy, the more elusive that it is. And I know as an addict can certainly relate to that. And it's definitely hard work to reverse this. so filling the void of what I'm not doing, what I've given up with uh, active participation in meetings, literature, work in the steps, and fellowship, um, focusing on gratitude, focusing on I get to versus I have to, as in I get to go to meetings, I get to call my sponsor, I get to make amends, I get to work the steps. Um, and in the process, realizing that feelings aren't facts, and that taking action is what's required to change our attitudes. Um, I know early on it, there was a lot of energy for me in, you know, stopping uh, certain types of reading material, particularly romantic novels, certain types of movies, um, what I would look at or read on the Internet, being on phone sex meetings, um, giving up things. And then when I, when I came to essay, then... Someone challenged me to give up masturbation, and I remember thinking, oh, my God, I have given up, you know, X, Y, Z. I could make you a laundry list of things I've given up. Now I have to give up this, and I I felt like it was impossible, and then I would die. I mean, literally, I just thought that's not possible. But I was willing to uh, accept that direction, and I'm very grateful for that, and uh, I have not masturbated since... November of 2001, Um, and I would have thought that that was impossible, and it certainly is a miracle in my life. Um, So initially, you know, being in early recovery, there is a lot of focus on stopping things, not doing things. Um, I have to do this, certain amount of grief in giving things up and enduring that withdrawal. And for me, without replacing that with positive action, I would not have stayed in SA. I would not have stayed sober. Um, so I think that it's very important to engage a positive recovery. Um, I don't know much about landscaping. My husband is really good at it. And I've also, observing him and, and learning some things, I'm aware of growing a beautiful lawn is really more about cultivating healthy grass than battling the weeds. Now, you certainly have to address those weeds and get them and root them out of there. But by nourishing the grass 
and helping it to grow and fertilizing it and trimming it and, and doing the things you need to do, then the grass ends up not leaving any room for the weeds. And I think for me that's a good word picture of um, recovery. Uh, I need to cultivate those positive things so that there's there's not room for that to to crop up. And I look back over, <clears throat> as I reflect on the, the last several years, I wonder sometimes, how did I ever have time for all that fantasy, the acting out, the isolation? Today, my life is full. Um, yes, I absolutely have temptations. I don't swim in them. I don't uh, fertilize them, if you will. And, um, you know, I have a marriage that I have uh, been um, gifted with in recovery. Um, that takes work for sure, and there's many challenges as well as many wonderful blessings of that. I have adult children, and I have grandchildren. I have um, uh, a career, which really I consider a calling as an oncology nurse, and being able to be present and engage with people there. Um, and I found a, you know, a lot of interest that I have. Uh, a lot of interests that I had that I had given up, that I've recultivated. And so for me, developing these positive attributes leaves really little room for lust to crop up. And I do have to be careful with things like halt if I'm not addressing that. It's just an open invitation to lust. Um, so... I also want to share on page 84 in the big book, um, there is some discussion about the ninth step, and it talks about the ninth step promises. And I'm not going to read all that, but I will read this small paragraph. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. And um, there definitely is work in recovery. But again, Viewing that as uh, positive, I get to versus I have to, is really a key for me. So um, in our problem, it, it talks about we were felt inadequate, alone, unworthy, and afraid. Our insides never match the outsides of others. And for me, a positive sobriety helps me to exchange this fantasy, this isolation, this obsession, this disconnection, depression, all that for reality, uh, connection with God and others, even connection with myself, I would say, um, peace and serenity and usefulness. And again, I, I just want to emphasize, especially those who are newer, um, it doesn't mean that my life is free of pain or problems. Today, I have tools to work with them, and I have a choice whether or not to work with them. Um, and in our solution page, uh, at the last paragraph on page 205 in the white book, uh, it states, we began practicing a positive sobriety, taking the actions of love to improve our relations with others. We were learning how to give, and the measure we gave is the measure we got back. We were finding what none of the substitutes had ever supplied. We were making the real connection. We were home. And uh, that's just really a beautiful passage. Um, I have a, a list of a few practical things that can be involved in uh, 
having a um, positive sobriety and, and make the difference in being sober or not. Uh, number one, um, praying and meditating daily. Um, and I was challenged this weekend in my faith tradition when I participated in that service. There was talk of rising up and kneeling down. And, uh, and that dovetails really with what I've learned in recovery is rise up in the morning and then the first thing is to kneel down and um, pray and invite my higher power um, to help me walk recovery that day. Um, number two I would list would be, do I need a meeting today? And uh, just as a spoiler alert, the uh, answer is always yes. It's not always available. And that is a blessing of our technology, though, that we do have the phone meetings to engage with people. So I've heard people say you go to meetings until you don't want to go anymore. In other words, you're glad to be there. And again, it's another case of um, I get to versus I have to. A third item is reading recovery literature, which we have the conference-approved literature of AA as well as SA, and we're getting newer literature pretty regularly lately, and there's also the newsletter SA. So there's always recovery literature to be engaged. Uh, number four is engage in physical activity. Um, it makes a big difference. I struggle with being disciplined on regular exercise, but I will tell you that when I do uh, take walks or go to the gym, um, there are many positive uh, benefits of that physically for my health as well as just for how I feel and my attitude. Um, and I think that's an important part of a positive recovery. Uh, number five is a healthy diet and staying hydrated. This addresses the issue of HALT and uh, helps me to have uh, what my body needs to have the fuel to be able to engage my program. Uh, number six is making a personal connection with someone um, through phone calls, uh, connecting with safe family members and friends, uh, calling a sponsor, uh, participating in a meeting or fellowship activities within the group, uh, you know, old-fashioned ways would be drop a note, send a birthday card or something, and and just find ways to connect with someone or even being aware of your surroundings in day-to-day -day life and just, you know, smiling at the cashier or saying how was your day to someone at the drive through line. But making a personal connection for me is important rather than being in that isolated obsession with, with self. Um, Number seven, I think it's very important to recovery, is do something fun, um, whether it's hobbies, going to museums, um, taking a class, learning a new skill. For me, humor is a big deal. I mean, even reading maybe clean jokes online or clean, clean joke book or a kid's joke book with clean stuff in it. And just um, finding, finding fun things to do. Um, I don't have to isolate myself from the world and create this cocoon where there will be no triggers and be safe because for me that's not possible in my disease because my brain will certainly supply whatever my environment does not. Um, and eight, um, find a way to give back. Uh, carry the message to others. Um, do service work. Um, 
and simply things like uh, picking up garbage when you're out. <laughs> if you can't find any other way to be of service, you can serve our our humanity, our world by just picking up garbage where you are and throwing it away. And I don't need any fanfare or credit for doing that, but I find that it does produce a lot of humility and uh, gratitude and gives me a sense of usefulness. And uh, that reminds me of a quote attributed to Gandhi, be the change you want to see in the world. So rather than being filled with uh, irritation, anger, and resentment at the world, um, choosing to be that change, whether it's one of forgiveness or cleaning up litter or driving in a more sane fashion, that's a big challenge for me, and I've made some progress over that. Um, These are some practical things that can help us to have positive sobriety. So with that, I'm going to cease talking. I hope that was helpful, and uh, it certainly was a privilege and an honor for me to share that with you. And um, I'm grateful, and I'm looking forward to, to hearing what you all have to say. Thank you so much. Kathy, thank you very much for uh, your service today. That was beautiful. I I took notes just about as fast as I could. Um, I do want to announce to everybody that there is, that this rest of this session will be recorded um, so that you will, uh, if you want to ask a question or you want to share what you've heard today, um, now's the time you can do it. Everybody has uh, quieted down the lines. You do need to press star six to unmute if you were muted. So moving forward, I'd like to ask, uh, do we have a timer? Can somebody time for us? Who would like to be our timer? Hey, Dennis, this is Neil in Alaska. I can do that for you. All right. Thank you, Neil. We're going to do two minutes um, for shares. If somebody has a question, then uh, you can turn the timer off for uh, Kathy's response. And I want to thank everybody for being here. All right, everybody. So I'd like to open up the the conference here, the workshop. This was Kathy in Kentucky, and she did Living a Positive Sobriety and did a wonderful job. I I wrote down a bunch of great notes here, but I'll open it up for anybody that would like to share on what they heard or ask Kathy a specific question during our Q&A section here. So who would like to be our first share or question? Okay, I guess I'll go first. Um, Kathy, thank you so much for your service. Uh, I loved, and this is what my sponsor has drilled into me as well, I get to. Um, if I lay down in bed at night and realize, oh, and I, and I say to myself, oh, I have to say my prayers. No, and I always change it because my sponsor is drilled. Just like what you said, I get to say my prayers. I get to go to a meeting. That was absolutely beautiful. Uh, the other thing that I really, really liked was uh, the lawn metaphor. Um, I, I spend a lot of time when... The, when the uh, season first starts, getting everything lined and fertilized, and I pick dandelions, but you're absolutely 100% right. It's the growth of the lawn that keeps the weeds out. And what a, what a great concept for me to realize and to apply to my, my uh, uh, recovery is that it's not so much about what I'm not doing or what I am staying away. It's more about what I am doing with my higher power and staying close to him or uh, that's more important because as I cultivate that there's less of a need to uh, you know to live without the weeds because I'm really getting what I want so I loved the lawn metaphor and I did write down your your eight points and so um, if, if, if in the future we could get those on a 
thing I did write them down, but I would like to have your copy as well so we can email out if people have those questions. So uh, thank you so much, Kathy, for your uh, experience, strength, and hope, and it was such a blessing. Um, with that, I'll pass. Who would like to share next? Hey, this is Neil in Alaska. May I share? Yes, go ahead, Neil. Yeah, I just want to say thanks, Kathy. I really uh, got a lot out of that. I could tell there was a lot of service time put in um, preparing for that. And I really like the background. I like the beginning, talking about happiness. And, um, you know, there's different levels of happiness. And uh, most of uh, what I used to do in my addicting act, in addicted acting out was just getting that pleasure right now. And it just never filled anything up. And uh, as, as you move up the levels and you eventually get to uh, contact with God and that kind of transcendental happiness, that's what makes a difference, and that's what we want to share. And I heard that in your share today, and uh, time to uh, to write it all down. So, just want to say thanks, and uh, that's all I've got. I'll pass. Thank you, Neil. Who would like to be our next share? Uh, this is Glenn in St. Louis. I'd like to share a bit. Thank you, Glenn. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, thanks, uh, Kathy, for sharing. You you uh, gave me a lot of food for thought, especially the. The hope. I know if I get too tired, my addict will try to overpower me, and so I need to uh, get enough sleep. And on that, get enough sleep. Note, I uh, start going over to my brother's uh, apartment to sleep because my upstairs neighbor constantly keeps me awake, dropping things on the floor to wake me up. But but it is my fault from the point of view of I snore a lot. And uh, I'm looking at one of those CPAP machines. I'm going to start looking at one of those, but I'm going to start going over to my brothers just to uh, uh, take the actions of love to improve our relations with others. <laughs> That's something I can do, something I don't want to do, but I'm the problem. And if I take myself out of the equation, we have peace. I get a good night's sleep and everybody's happy. Uh, so thank you for sharing, Kathy. Really appreciate it. Uh, my name is Glenn. I've been sober by the grace of God since May 10th of 96, and I'll pass. Thank you, Glenn. Who would like to share next or ask Kathy a question? Hi, it's, it's Vaughn. Thank you, um, yes, um, for just affirming a lot of things. And um, in Kentucky, even, they happen down there. <laughs> really, thank you for your preparation and everything. Um, and uh, what was number seven? I... I got everything else, if, or if it's too difficult for you to go back or remember. This is Kathy. Number seven was do something fun. Find things that you enjoy. Oh, I, I, did, I couldn't read my own writing. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. You said humor. <laughs> yeah, God bless you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I this is Raymond in Philadelphia. Can I share? Yes, go ahead, Raymond. I was just going to out. Thanks. Yeah, Kathy, thank you for, for your message. Um, the have fun part, see, I, I let uh, myself get overwhelmed with uh, duties in my work. As a result, I don't exercise. I don't have fun as far as what, I, what things I'd like to do would be to go to movies, go to uh, museums. We've got a beautiful art museum here in Philadelphia. Right? And th these things are self-nurturing. So, you know, when I stress over my work and, you know, uh, let myself become paralyzed by that, then, then w what I end up doing is uh, looking for a release 
by you know by uh, acting out with masturbation uh, or you know going to pornographic websites and uh, and as I always find out is that's no fun because afterwards I'm ashamed of myself and um, you know so w- what I need to do is to do the things to have a healthy life and then let the chips fall where they may as far as my work goes and you know uh, and to believe that you know, God will take care of me. And uh, so I thank you for your message. Thanks so much. Thank you, Amy. Who would like to share next or ask a question? This is Kathy again. I, I want to uh, tell everyone you're welcome, and it was my pleasure. And also what come to mind while we were talking about <clears throat> fun and, and being caught up in the seriousness um, in AA, there's a rule 62, don't take yourself so damn seriously. And I think that that's a real important uh, rule that has really enriched my recovery. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Kathy. And please jump in and, and make those comments. We really enjoy them. Who would like to share next? Hey, Kenneth. Hey. This is Angie. Can you hear me? Yep, Angie and then Jim. Go ahead, Angie. Yeah, I just wanted to say a, a really big thank you to Kathy. Um, I've known her now for <clears throat> over three years, and we have talked many, many, many times, and I'm proud to see that she's my sponsor. Um, talk about a positive sobriety and a positive influence she's been on my life. Um I can honestly say that there was never a time where I got off of a phone call with her that I didn't feel like there was hope or that I was moving in the right direction. Um, and so I'm really, I'm really thankful for all that. Um, I look forward to the times that we're together because I get to learn more and she just really reaps uh, great positive energy. Um, when we're together and when I see her interacting with others, um, just, uh, she's just been a real blessing to me and I'm thankful to know her and I'm so thankful that she's part of our noon meetings and our noon conference today. So I'll pass with that. Thanks. Thank you, Angie. Jim, you're up. Thank you so much, H1, for your service. Thank you, Dennis. And thank you, Kathy, uh, very much enjoyed your presentation and I actually have a question you just mentioned something about the rule of 52 I don't think I've ever heard that I'm pretty new could you explain that a bit more this is Kathy yeah there is um, Larry in AA that part of the history was early on that they gathered together to uh, and they were busily making a list of rules of how to do a fellowship and the meetings, et cetera. And they had <clears throat> come up with 61 rules of what had to be done, and they were working on it, and someone piped up with rule 62 became, don't take yourself so damn seriously, because they got so engrossed in, I guess, do's and don'ts and, and doing this that, you know, someone quipped, you know, don't take yourself so damn seriously. So 
that's where that comes from, some of the AA history. Great, thanks. You're welcome. Thanks, Jim. Kathy, one thing I was going to say, this is Dennis Malaska again, that, um, you know, when I come to a workshop like this, it's one thing to hear all of these, you know, these eight guidelines that you gave me. Um, but what I'm going to leave today with, and thank you for your service, because I want you to know that it's going to take an effect. Um, just hearing them doesn't help me. Um, putting them into practice is going to help me. So the mm-hmm. physical activity part, I am going to, um, by the grace of God, I'm going to start out small, but commit to, I'm busy at work, this and that, but I'm going to commit to either taking walks or going to the gym because I do believe what you're described here in these eight um things. It sounds like life. It sounds like good life to me. So I just mm-hmm. want you to know, because of you giving your time today, that I'm going to at least commit to one more. Some of these I do, some I do a little, but I am going to actually put that into my life because I do believe that that will help me, just like you're saying, uh, in my recovery. So thank you for sharing that list today because I'm going to actually put it into practice. And uh, if you want to comment on putting these into practice, um, but it really, I can see, um, and I'll report back to you um, how it's going. So thank you. That's great. And I need the encouragement to do that because, I, you know, I'm not very disciplined on that myself. And recently, I resumed going to the um, gym regularly. And in fact, I plan on going after we finish the conference today. But recently, I was there and after having kind of developed, you know, going three or four times a week for maybe two or three weeks, I came out of there and I was like, wow, I feel great. Why would I not do this? And that pretty well sums up about working my program of recovery. When I take those actions, I get results. And it's like, why would I not do this? But that's my twisted mental twist of addiction that, you know, I you know I have to have those aha moments by taking the action at this point. So, you know, we can hold each other accountable on that one. All right. Well, thank you so much. And uh, just a quick one for Jim. Uh, if you want to read in the 12 and 12, 12 steps and 12 traditions of AA, uh, on tradition four is the story about Rule 62. <clears throat> Thank you for that. Can I share again, Jim and DC? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So you guys talking about exercise. Actually, uh, yeah. I decided while I was listening to you, uh, Kathy, I decided to go for a walk. So I'm out taking a fast walk right now myself. <laughs> and, but and this is just, just an idea to throw out there. Um, it may not work for everyone. Perhaps uh, you need to concentrate 100%. But for me, maybe someone else in the call, this might help. For me, uh, one of the advantages of uh, being on the phone for the meeting is uh, many times I have been working out, like sweating. That's the beautiful thing about the mute feature. And uh, actually working out while I'm in the, in the meeting. And really makes a difference. I just want to affirm that, that point as well. It's been a huge part of my recovery. Thanks for letting me share. I'm out of breath, which is, feels great. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. That's awesome. All right, who would like to share next? This is Jonathan. Can I share? 
Jonathan and then Daniel. Go ahead, Jonathan. Hey, everyone. Uh, thanks, Kathy, for your, uh, your um, you know, speaking. And um, <clears throat> it was really good for me and really simple to, um, you know, to calm things down and remember to uh, take care of myself and love myself because I'm worthy of love. And um, it's just something I, I often forget. And knowing that if I do that, then I can be a better service to others. And uh, so thank you for, um, for what you shared. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Jonathan. Go ahead, uh, Daniel. Yeah, Daniel, like and Kathy, I just, I love your, uh, what you talk about and just the 10 things. Um, I just really, I was only able to get number seven, so I'm looking forward to writing down the rest of them. But yeah, for me, I mean, recovery is, man, it's about like living life. And I mean, it, for me, it all starts with, um, you know, staying sober and, and more importantly, like staying connected to God and, um, you know, and if I, if I'm staying connected to God, then I, then I get to live life. And man, it's just some of the, some of the sweetest times I've had in recovery are just, uh, I really like to exercise and, and run and, in uh, run races. And man, just some of the, the best times I've had in recovery are like running and just, just feeling connected to God. And man, it's just, it's great. And so for me, exercise is, it's a real, it's really important. And man, just like things like, you know, eating right and taking care of myself. Like I, I really have to do those things or I get to do those things. Um, and if I don't do those things, then man, I'm, I'm in danger of relapse. So yeah, for me, self-care is, it's really important. So I just really appreciated you, um, yeah, you sharing. So thanks. You're welcome. All right, who would like to share next? Hey, this is Arthur in Alaska. Kathy, would you mind repeating that Rule 62? I didn't quite get it. Don't take yourself so damn seriously. Thank you. You're welcome. This is Cindy. This is Sean. May I share? Uh, Cindy and then John. Thank you. Go ahead, Cindy. Apologies to the group. My my uh, hairy companion would like to share as well, so I'm going to step away from her. I just uh, wanted to express my thanks and my gratitude, Kathy, specifically to you for what you bring to this meeting every day. It's your wisdom, your calmness, your sensibility, this you know willingness to to share of self, practical, and that element of self-care is one that I relate to so strongly that is missing and that I can turn into judgment and beratement of self because I don't do it. And uh, just listening to today's shares is helping me realize that I don't have to go there today. I'm powerless over my patterns, but I've come to believe God has a better way, so I surrender to his will today. Thanks for listening. I pass to my other fellow. Thanks, Cindy. Go ahead, John. Thank you, uh, Dennis, and uh, thank you for your service uh, today. Uh, I caught most of the uh, conference today, and it was uh, very good. Uh, In reference to uh, Kathy's talk, I've listened to her uh, talks on the uh, speaker's tapes, and I've listened to them several times. And um, I appreciate her practical approach to to recovery and... um, 
You know, uh, uh, my sponsor often says, uh, after his four and a half years of sobriety, he says, uh, you know, why wouldn't I do this? Why wouldn't I continue mm-hmm. to work the steps? And so that's really a, uh, a good lesson there. Uh, I have to admit uh, that I'm very, uh, very prone to self-obsession. And um, the talk about the, uh, the rules today, uh, I definitely take myself too serious. And uh, I don't uh, concentrate on um, surrendering to God and, uh, you know, giving it up to him and letting him take over my life. I'm not doing that. And finally, I've gotten away from exercise, and uh, you uh, gave me a good reminder today. I need to get back to uh, doing just that. So thank you again for your talk, and thank you, everyone, for your shares, and I'll pass. You're welcome. Thank you all for sharing that. I feel like this gives purpose to the pain of the addiction over the years when you get to share with other people and connect and and um, share ideas. I really appreciate it. It's important to my recovery. Appreciate you, Kathy. All right, who'd like to be next? Thank hey, Dennis, this is Angel. Uh, Crystal and then Angel. Thank you, Angel. Thanks. Ahead, I'll Crystal. be quick. Uh, Crystal Sexaholic, sober a couple of days. I appreciate so much your share, uh, Kathy. I was trained that uh, not is not enough, and I still haven't quite figured out how to fill the void with safe stuff. You did mention cultivating interests that were safe. Uh, Would you mind sharing some of those? Uh, About interests? Yeah, you mentioned it in one of the things. You cultivated interests you used to have that were safe. Yeah. Um, Like, I I love going to movies and movie theaters, and as we know, that can be pretty challenging sometimes. So I'm pretty careful about what I go to see, and I also also go in with the willingness um, that if it turns out not to be okay, that I can leave. I mean, or I can step out and talk to somebody because I can also put myself in situations that, uh, you know, I feel like I got to get my money's worth. You know, if I got on this ride, I got to take it and I spent money on this, therefore I have to endure it. And I don't, I have choices. And so that is one example that I, I don't deprive myself of going to see the movies. I'm just, uh, um, let's say more careful. And and I do speak up if it's someone else inviting me to a movie or a group of people going and I figure out that it's, you know, or sense even that it's not healthy for me, then I just say, hey, I'd love to spend time with you, but maybe we could do something else. Call me next time. And I don't have to go into why unless I feel like it's relevant. Um, and I'm pretty selective about what I read. I am a voracious reader. I, I love to read. And... Um, I recently was going through a book that that was good, and then it took a turn of sharing some things that were along the lines of some really sick fantasies I've had, and, you know, acknowledging that and um, um, talking about it and being willing to, to change. And then if those things, I had several days where, you know, those, it's just powerful. The things like that will just crop up in my thinking without me intentionally looking for it. And so continuing to surrender and pray and turn that over and just saying, God, I, I don't want this. I didn't go into this book with knowing that was going to be there or with looking for it. 
And just like, you know, if I take a drive or go anywhere, things, things pop up and sometimes they, they hit those old buttons, but I have choices. That's the big thing. Um, and I talk to others about it, you know, if it's, I find that like art museums and things are not particularly triggering for me, even if you get into, uh, if I see nude artwork for some reason, I don't know why, it's just the way my brain works, it's as a rule not triggering to me. Um, I mean, I just, I, I know who I am, so I don't spend a lot of time dwelling on that, but I don't you know, find it particularly triggering or offensive either. Somehow, because it's art, I guess, and I'm not talking about, you know, going to something blatantly pornographic for sure, but um, I just, um, you know, once I heard in a sermon in my church, if you know who you are, and he was referring to being a child of God, if you know who you are, you know what to do. And that really simplifies things for me sometimes. You know, it's when I cut myself off and isolate and I forget that, you know, I'm a daughter of God, that I'm more vulnerable to getting into things I shouldn't. And uh, this was really healthy for me to do research on the idea of positive sobriety because in my disease, I did plenty of research on um, finding addictive behaviors and thoughts. And so I, it was just really healthy to do that. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. So if you'll prompt me or ask another question, maybe I can think of it, but I don't want to start rambling. No, that was awesome because I can see how the boundaries were put in place when it become unsafe. So that helps a lot. Thank you. And I'll pass. Thank you. I just don't want to live my my life in fear in recovery. I, consider sobriety something that gives me a freedom to engage in the world and in life. And sometimes, you know, it's trial and error. I, you know, touch the stove and it's hot and I recoil and and then I move on and I don't touch that hot stove again if I can avoid it. So, but I, I strongly believe in living in freedom and hope and living life and going places and doing things. And the big book tells us we can go anywhere if our motives are right. Um, but I will certainly, because of my twisted thinking, check with my sponsor or another trusted member of the program if there's something that is um, doubtful to me. And, you know, if someone were to um, call me from, I don't know, a hotel or strip club or something like that, I don't go to places like that. I wouldn't put myself in those situations. But if somebody called me and was wanting out, and wanting to get away from there because of something destructive, I, I would call and, and book in that with someone and, and, if possible, take somebody with me. And I would certainly be willing to go into whatever to help another person out of that madness. Amen. All right. Thank you so much, Kathy. Amjad? Uh, thanks. Uh, I'm Judd. I am a sexaholic of the hopeless variety. And uh, I just uh, wanted to, one, again, thank, uh, as other people have done, thank you, Kathy, for sharing your experience, strength, and hope on this topic. I uh, really enjoyed our meeting in St. Louis and, and uh, felt that uh, you were sharing from experience when you're talking about positive sobriety. And uh, thank you, Dennis, for your service work uh, to set all this up and coordinate it. 
so yeah, just I think the the thing that really you know kind of really spoke to me is just the uh, just the overall I guess the whole message, especially that last thing that you just said about you know not living life in fear and uh, you know looking for hope and you know just I guess it's something that you know my sponsor had to beat into me over the course of several years because you know I I found that I was sober but I just really wasn't happy I was just very miserable mm-hmm. and. You know, just, uh, it was everything. It was a list of don'ts, you know, don't do this and don't mm-hmm. do that. And, you know, like, as you shared and, uh, you know, I think that, uh, my sponsor's version of the, I get to is I choose to, uh, mm-hmm. so it's kind of, it's like two, two different pieces there. So for me, it's, you know, I choose in particular, it's, I choose to believe. And that really helps me to get past some of the negativity. Cause I'll, you know, I'll, I'll tell myself, well, uh, you know, I, I can't go, I obviously can't go into there because or I can't see that movie, even though, you know, my kids really want to go see it with me, but I can't see it because blah, blah, blah. Instead, I say, I choose to not watch that movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's a choice that I'm making because I'm choosing God instead. And so that just really helps me. And uh, it's just, uh, I don't know, It's uh, this is something that uh, uh, that I've, I've, a gift I've been given from the program. I'm just really grateful to be part of this fellowship. Uh, thanks for letting me share. Thank you. I'm good. Who would like to share next? Good morning. This is Glenn from Chico, California. May I share? Yes, Glenn. Thank you. Go ahead. Oh, Kathy, thank you for your lead and for the topic. Uh, For many years, I've had the pleasure of having more joy in my life as a result of being in the program. Um, And I've also had my share of struggles with depression and the kind of darker side. Um, and I really prefer happy. Mm-hmm. The, um, my sponsor loves to say that laughter is the sound effect of recovery. Mm. And I, I find that that's really, really true. Um, and uh, um, one of the weird things about at least my experience in addiction is that it strips away every good thing over time. Not necessarily directly, but indirectly. I start getting less satisfaction out of things that I used to, you know, go out of my way to participate in. Mm -hmm. And uh, part of the part of the reward of, of sobriety and coming back is that those things become interesting again. And uh, um, our step 11 helps me out a lot because I have a lot of indecision as I go through my day. You know, the book says that uh, both excitement and fear are problems and during periods of indecision we pause. And that helps and when I can pause and laugh, that's even better. Um, so I've had some fun with our WhatsApp. Uh, one of my first experiences of joy in the fellowship was the uh, Spring 95 Regional Conference in Los Angeles. Oh, they had a rock band that changed the lyrics for the talent show. And it was amazing. I thought I would never laugh again. Thanks, mm-hmm. that. Okay, thank you, Glenn. All right, who would like to be our next chair? Yeah. 
Five, eight more minutes. Well, Kathy, I'd like to add one thing. This is Dennis. <clears throat> I had heard mm -hmm. the Gandhi quote that you had said, be the change you want to see in the world. And it never mm -hmm. really meant anything to me. Today it clicked in a whole new way um, as far as a disturbance. If I drive by where maybe some people had been and there's trash on the ground, I can be disturbed about that or I get disturbed mm -hmm. thinking that that trash is there. But after hearing your share today, um, I'm going to be the change. Uh, I'm going to go pick that trash up. or So I'm going to mm -hmm. try and apply it to if I'm disturbed about something to see, well, how can I be a service and be the change in that? So that's, I, I, that quote took on a whole brand new meaning today for me. So thank you. Awesome. All right. Who would like to share next? Go ahead. Thomas? Uh, hi, uh, Thomas. Yeah. Uh, thanks. <laughs> um, thank you for, for everybody who put this together and uh, distributed the news uh, about this phone meeting happening in the uh, WhatsApp groups. First time on here. Um, yeah, it's really so much. Uh, had a long day of work, a lot, lot to process, and I really want to, you know, uh, trust or or uh, get um, got into the picture with you know receiving all that wisdom and with knowing that I do not have to grasp every like piece piece of of wisdom that has been spoken here right now. You know, instead I can just take one tiny piece of it and, and savor it and um, um, really let that into my heart for this day and this uh, this evening to to bring this day to a sober close. Um, yeah, but really I'm overwhelmed with all the all the blessings um, that are that are coming through this international uh, connection here. So yeah, thank you. I just wanted to share that. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you, Thomas. We, do we have any newcomers on the line that has not uh, had an opportunity to speak or um, would like to share? All right, then, uh, Kathy, if you would uh, like to just give us some closing comments, uh, then we will close out our, our workshop. And if you can. Uh, thank you. I just would like to um, challenge everyone to. Pursue a positive sobriety and um, and enjoy the gifts of the promises that we've been given. And um, just remember, you're not alone unless you choose to be. And uh, being connected is is key to um, successful sobriety. Enjoy. I think that that exceeds happiness. Joy, because that is independent of circumstances. Um, and I again thank you all for the privilege. I realize I talked really fast due to my anxiety. <laughs> so I don't know if there's a feature online when you listen to it to slow it down a little bit, but uh, I appreciate the privilege of being able to share. <laughs>